Ahoy there, me hearties. This be Captain Silver Hook, and you're listening to the Two Old Pirates podcast. Set sail for an open sea of stories, tales, and some really crazy stuff. I expect you to like and subscribe, lest you be walking the plank. <laughs> Welcome to episode 87 of the Two Old Pirates. I'm your boy Eric, and I know it's been a little bit since the last time that we did a podcast episode, but here we are. And since we're in the month of October and we're closing in on Halloween, I thought that I would do one over something that is very specific to South Texas and our cultures with uh, uh, traditions from Mexico. Um, So this is going to be the tale of La Llorona. If uh, you don't know what La Llorona... La Llorona is. Uh, it is a, a Mexican folk tale that has been told uh, throughout the years for about the last 500 years. Uh, now, I'm going to tell you the facts of La Llorona and the fallacies. And then I'm going to tie it up with a true story about what happened to me when I was first introduced to the mythology of La Llorona. Right? So, there is a true story, believe it or not. Uh, anybody who grew up uh, in a Mexican-American uh, family has heard all these different things. Uh, Lechusa, Chupacabra, Cucuy. <laughs> uh, but uh, La Llorona was something special. It was um, a very fearful thing. And there is truth to it. There is truth. And I've told my students this over the years and stuff that uh, if they ever hear about it, there was supposedly a woman. Now, where it comes from, La Llorona is known as like the Wailing Woman of Mexico. Um, In traditional folklore, uh, the Spanish conquistadors with Hernan Cortes, who came and conquered the Aztecs way back in the 1500s, the original story is that there was a conquistador who lived there um, outside of Mexico City uh, in a villa up on a hill. And uh, what happened was, is he met a beautiful native woman who lived in the village down below, and they hit it off. And they basically fell in love. And they were a couple for a while. Now, granted, our idea of a couple and their idea of a couple is two different things. Um, They were together romantically, uh, physically. Uh, She bore him two children, but he lived in the villa outside of town, and she lived down in the village. Um, so as it goes, it was romantic and majestic. They never married and they never lived together, but he was there for her and for the children. Then one night he hadn't come around in several days and she happened to look out, um, outside of her, uh, home in the village and she saw way up on the villa, all these torches at night. And she was like, what's going on? I haven't seen him and stuff. So she decided to go ahead and uh, walk up towards it. As she got closer and closer, she could see that there was people there, that there was a, uh, looked almost like a party was going on. And when she got in view, she could see um, her lover, her whatever you want to call him, uh, in his full conquistador armor. Like he was really dressed up to the nines. But... To his left, 
was a woman, beautiful woman, and she couldn't understand. And then as she saw that there was a priest there, she came to the realization, oh, this is a marriage. This is a wedding ceremony that I'm viewing of the person that I'm in love with, that I've had children with. How, how could this happen? So as the story goes, she left and hurtled back down the hill, back running as fast as she could back to the village, back to her home. As she opens the door, remember it's at night, late at night, the children are asleep, the two children that she has with the conquistador. And she looks down at them, and in a moment of frenzy, she grabs them. And she drug them out into the street. And in that part of the city that she lived in, there was a small fountainhead. And there was a pool of water. And she grabbed her two children in a fit of rage, of anger. And she held them under the water as they screamed and thrashed until they didn't move anymore. She hoped that she was hurting him up there on the villa with what she was doing to her own flesh and blood. People began to wake to the wailing of this woman as they came out of their houses with their torches so that they could see. They walked into an indescribable scene of a mother with her two soaking wet children in her arms as she was walking through the streets wailing and crying, my poor children, my poor children, what did I do to my children? Why, why? As more and more people came out, they began to realize as the crowd formed that she had killed her children. And by doing that, that was beyond what any mother would do. She was already mentally broken and then to have realized that in that fit of passion, that fit of rage, what she had done to her own flesh and blood by drowning them to get back at him, she had lost everything. Somebody ran over and took the children out of her arms so that they could be taken to a secure place and have a proper burial. But for her, it wasn't so kind. They reached upon her, they grabbed her, they drug her through the streets as she screamed more until they found a tree limb that would hold her body. They threw a rope over it. They put the rope around her neck and they strung her up. She hung from that noose for three days so that all in the village could see what a horrible, evil woman she had been to those children. They allowed animals to eat at her insects, buzzards. After three days of this, they decided to cut her down and burn the body so that there would be no resting place for her and her soul. Today in parts of Mexico and other parts of Central America, that story has taken on a new life. Uh, in parts of Mexico, they believe that they mixed her ability to shed her own blood from her children with a woman from a woman named Dona Marin, she was an Aztec woman who became the confidant and right-hand person to Hernan Cortes, who within two years had destroyed the entire Aztec empire. She gave up her own people for the conquistadors and Hernan Cortes. And because of that, in the folklore, they believe that the story of the wailing woman and Dona 
Marina, Marina, uh, that it's a mix of this woman giving up her children and killing them, and this woman giving up her civilization, her empire, uh, to backstab her own people for a conquistador. If you can see the tie between the two, they both gave up something. Both are evidently true. There was a Dona Marina, and she gave away the Aztec Empire by helping the Spanish conquistadors conquer them. And then there was La Llorona, who killed her children. So the story is told in different places. And in Mexico, they tell their children to behave, to not wander off alone. She might come and get you. And especially if they're any, ever near water, like a lake or a river, not to go near it because she drowned her children, so therefore she could drown you. It's always to scare the children into not doing wrong. So don't go near the water. She might get you is actually don't go near the water. You could fall in yourself and drown. Don't wander off alone. She could get you was basically don't wander off. Somebody could kidnap you. You could get lost. So all these things are things that parents even kind of tell their children today, except we just don't put in a woman who's going to come and get you. So this is how it happened with me. Growing up in the neighborhood that I grew up in, uh, we were the only white family there. And one of the first nights that I spent the night over a friend's house, I was about eight years old. And um, we had watched TV, things like that. There's no such thing as cable back then. And uh, my friend's mom told us that we had to go to bed. And so we went to his bedroom. We had, you know, our own individual beds. And she said, good night, boys, and get some sleep. And before she left, she told my friend, uh, don't forget, get to bed because you don't want her to come and get you. And my friend dove onto his left side with his back towards me and just put his head down. And I was like, you know, it wasn't like we were going to like laugh or joke around or anything. But I was like, he was just going to go straight to bed. And I was like, let's talk or something. Let's tell scary stories or something. He wouldn't talk to me. And finally, uh, he looked over and he's all, be quiet. Shh. She'll come for us if we're not quiet. I'm like, who is she? I'm thinking, like, is there an aunt that lives here or a grandmother or something? And somebody that's crazy and stuff. So the next day when I got up, she made us breakfast and stuff. And I was going to walk back across the street to my house. And when I did, you know, my parents were like, how did it go? And I was like, oh, it went pretty well. Besides uh, my friend, he was kind of scared that some woman was going to come and get us in the night. And he's all, where do you hear that from? I was all, his mom. I was like, she told us that, and then she left the room, and then my friend wouldn't talk anymore. My dad was like, that's weird. So my dad walked over there and had a cup of coffee and was talking to her and stuff. And she's like, oh, that's what we tell our children before they go to bed so we can make them go to bed. And he's all like, so you don't tell them, hey, you got to just go to bed. You you kind of tell them that there's a like a, a monster. And she told him the story and stuff, and she's all, I was taught the same thing, and I've taught my children, and they'll teach their children. And he's all, but do you believe in it? And she's all, oh, yes. Yeah, she, she's out there. Which you have to understand, coming from a Northeastern family, from Massachusetts and stuff, we have heard you know, all these different myth mythologies about the the uh, the witches of Salem, Massachusetts, and all this other stuff. So the thing is, everybody in every single culture has their own belief systems and stuff. But when you're not used to that, you kind of like, is this real? Is it real? And... Uh, in the Mexican-American tradition, uh, what I've seen over the years that I've taught all these years, that there is plenty of kids that are still being taught this at home, that if they're not quiet, La Llorona will come and get you in the night. 
So uh, the legend of La Llorona is true in a certain fact that there was more than likely a native woman who did bear ch children for a conquistador who then got married to a woman that was of pure Spanish blood and left her behind and she lost it and killed the kids out of spite and then she was killed herself. The idea that she's probably coming to Rockport or Corpus or Ingleside or Aransas Pass at night if you don't go to bed is not, the probability is not very high. But we still tell our children certain things. So, I hope that you've enjoyed this short uh, episode over the legend of La Llorona. Do you believe in it? Leave a comment. Since we're so close to Halloween, I'll probably do a couple more of these. And we're coming up on starting Season 5. October, late October of 2019 was our very first episode. So I'd really love to see uh, more subscribers. And uh, if you have comments or concerns or anything that you'd like us to go ahead and cover, let me know and we'll do it. I'm going to try to get Vinny on here again soon and we're probably going to have a special fifth season opener. So I look forward to seeing you and I hope that you guys have enjoyed this short story. And please subscribe if you're not on YouTube and you've not subscribed, please subscribe for us, all right? Thank you so much. Have a great day.